Here we're going to hear the bottom of Nuntenam with Bet. The Sugiya Banabait Chadash Vakanak Khalim Chadashim builds a new house, acquires new utensils, items, then he makes a Shekhiano. Aravuna, Loshano Elosh Ainlo Kyotzibehen. That's only true if he has nothing like them. If he has other items that are similar to this, then he does not have to make a bracha. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Rabbi Yochanan disagrees and says, Now, kiyotzebehen means that he's not purchased them, but he had them through inheritance. He had the items, but he's never purchased said items. Then, then he does make a bracha. So if this is the first time that he's purchased such an item, then he does make a bracha. Michlau, the conclusion from the machlokah that we just saw between Rav Huna and Rabbi Yochanan is, the chikona, the chazer v'kona, if he purchased once and then purchased again, then you certainly would not have to make a bracha. That simcha is reduced because you've already purchased such an item. To purchase the item again doesn't entail the type of simcha that would require or obligate a bracha of shechianu. Vigidamre, and those that say, and this is what we know, the halacha, which is Amravuna Loshanu Elish Lokana Bachazar Vikana. It's true only if he hasn't purchased it once before. Avakana Bachazar Vikana ain't Sarech Levarech. It's only true that he makes a Shekhianu is if he's never purchased it before. If he's never purchased it before, and it's the first time he's purchasing it, great. But if he's already purchased it once, no bracha. That was the equivalent of Rabbi Yochanan Shita in the previous Memra. Now, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Afilu Kana Bachazar Vikana Tzarech Levarech. Every time you buy a new item, you make a bircha tshechiyanu, michlau. The conclusion now, or the common denominator between the two opinions is, the chi yeshlo, if you already own something, not that you purchased it, but you own it, through Yerusha, vikana, and you purchase for the first time, divrei akol tzarech levarech, even according to Rav Huna, you would have to make a bircha tshechiyanu. We, asking like Rabbi Yochanan, which is that anytime you purchase the new item, that's when you make the birkata shechianu. The person purchases a new house and he doesn't have anything like it. And he has nothing like them. Then he makes a bracha. But if he has something already that is similar to this item, not that he purchased it, but something similar, then ain't tzarech levarech. He doesn't have to make a bracha. Divrei Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Huda Meir ben kach u ben kach tzarech levarech. Either way, he makes a bracha. But what we just laid out here is the equivalent of the first memra, which is Rabbi Meir's equivalent to Rav Huna's opinion in the first memra, which is that if you own the item already, no shechianu. If you don't own the item, then you do make a shechianu. Rabbi Huda says even if you own the item, if this is the first time you're purchasing it, then you do make the bracha, which is equivalent to Rabbi Yochanan. In the first Memra. And that's what the Gemara says. Bishlam al-Lishnakamo. The first Lashon that we brought down. Rav Huna is equivalent to Rabbi Meir. That you never make a Shekhianu unless you don't own the item. You own the item, no Shekhianu. As long as it's the first time you're purchasing the item, then you make the bracha. But if you already purchased the item once, you don't make the bracha. According to the latter Lashon that we mentioned. Rav Huna Rabbi Huda. As we said before, Rav Huna in the second Lashon equates to Rabbi Yochanan in the first Lashon. Then Rav Huna in the second Lashon is going to equate to Rabbi Yehuda in the Braita. El Rabbi Yochanan da Markiman. Who's Rabbi Yochanan who old like? Rabbi Yochanan says you always make a Shekhiyana when you buy it. There is no such opinion in the Braita. So Loka Rabbi Meir, Loka Rabbi Yehuda. He doesn't fit into either opinions we have in this Braita. So I'm going to Rabbi Yochanan, who din to Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda really holds the Kana v'chazer v'kana nami tzarech lebarech. That even if you purchased it once, Purchased it again, you would still make a shechianu. Well, then why don't they mention that? Why don't they mention that in the Brayta? So the Why do they make the case in the Brayta case where he owns it already? He got it through Yerusha, and this is his first purchase. To teach you how strong the opinion of Rabbi Meir is, that filu kana If you already own it in Yerusha, and then you purchase it, ain't zarich levarich. That's the Chiddush of Rabbi Meir. So the reason that we argued in this case is to show you how far-reaching Rabbi Meir's position is that you don't make a bracha in that case. Certainly in a case, of course, in that case. So Meir says, well, let's do it the other way. Let them argue in a case where he purchased it, and then subsequently purchase it again. That he doesn't have to make the bracha according to Rabbi Meir, but according to Rabbi Huda, he would make the bracha. To show you the strength of Rabbi Yehuda. That even in that case, you still make the bracha. The Gemara says, and it's an interesting usage of the term, is koach de hetera adifle. 
The Gemara uses it in many places when it talks about an argument that we always favor giving you the Chiddush towards the side of Heter. Now, by brachot, it's not so clear what's the heter. Well, you're obligated to make a bracha, you're not obligated to make a bracha. To say that, to be mayor's opinion, that you don't have to make a bracha, is korach de hetera. Why is that necessarily a heter? It's just, you're not obligated to make the bracha. When you're talking about hetera, you should be talking about osr mutar, not something where, you're talking about an obligation for a bracha, or tefillah in general. It's hard to argue that something's a chumra or a kula when it comes to tefillah. It's a obligation or not an obligation. But here the Gemara uses terminology, even in the face of obligation, it says, the obligation to make a bracha is considered the chumrah, and the tour for making such a bracha is considered to be hetera, and therefore they favored the case that gave more information about Rabbi Meir's opinion. But in Ochanami, Rabbi Huda would also agree that if you were kona, because of a kona, you make a bracha, that's the position of Yochanan, and that's the way that we paskin. Right now, the Mishnah says that you still make a bracha on the ra'a, even though it has implications to the tova, in the same way the other way around. You make a bracha on the tova, even though it has implications to the ra'ah. Hey, chidomi, what's the case? There was a, some sort of flood, or some sort of landslide into his field. So, in the end, this will be positive for him. Because basically, he just got a free layer of fertilizer on his ground. So whatever piled up or whatever is deposited on his ground will end up being fertilizer. And that improved the value of the land. Nevertheless, hashto, if I look at it in the immediate term, miyarohi, it's bad because it just sunk his this year's crop. He has no crop this year, wiped out this year's crop. So even though it has long-ranging, far-reaching implications in terms of the good, nevertheless, the immediate impact is the negative, and therefore he would make a bracha, baruch dayan ha'emet, in this situation. Now the opposite case, the case where it's a tova me'ena ra'ah, that it's a good thing, but it has bad embedded in it. Te'echidam, you can go on. Da'ashkach metziah. He found a lost object. Afagav de'ro'ihi, lididei. Even though it's not good for him. Why? Because this is a, de'ishama b'malko shalkilamine. If the government gets wind of it, they will take the property. So the government, the rule in that day was, that lost property belonged to the government. Property that lacked ownership, automatically defaulted to the government. So here, if you find a lost item, you were technically supposed to hand it over to the government officials. So when you kept it for yourself, okay, that's nice, but as soon as they find out, they're going to take it from you. Nevertheless, as long as you have possession of the lost item, you can utilize it, and you can have it in your possession, even though maybe in the end, it'll disappear from you. And therefore, you make the bruch of Shechiyanu, even though in the end, it may get taken away from you. In the end, it may not end up being as good as you think. Right? Aita Beret. It's in the Mishnah of his wife is pregnant. Well, Mary here at Son Shetilad Ishti Zachar Davins at Tfilah that his wife should give birth to a male child. That is a Tfilat Shav. That is a meaningless, worthless Tfilah. Where it says Velo Mahani Rachme. What do you mean Tfilah doesn't help? Why can't he Davin? It's a made to Rav Yosef Bachar Yeldabat. Something bad to lay out. And it says the last child that she has is a daughter. Vatikrachma Dina. She calls her Dina after having the six Shvatim. She now has a daughter Dina. My ba'achar. Why is it ba'achar? Afterwards. Amrav, ba'achar shaddana le'ah din ba'atzma. Le'ah looked into the situation and realized that there's a huge problem here. Amrav, yud bet shvatim atidim l'tid mi'akov. We know that Yaakov is going to produce 12 tribes. Shisha yatsumi many. I already produced six of them. Varba'ah mina shvachot. We know that Zupa and Bilha had already produced two each. Rachel had one. But now what's left for her? There's only one left. If Le'ah takes seven... Then Rachel will only have one, and she'll be less than the Shvachot. The Shvachot will have, the maidservants will have two each, and she'll have one. So Leah says, fine, if that's the case, we already have ten. She won't even be better than one of the Shvachot. It switched in utero, it switched to being a female. She called the name Dina, but not that it was forehand. Forehand it was a male, but Vatikrat Shema Dina, after she was Dan Batsma, then she called it Dina. But before that point, it wouldn't have been Dina, it would have been a Zachar, it would have been a male offspring. Don't mention miracles. That's not the type of thing where you don't daven when you're expecting a miracle. It was in with the first 40 days. Within the first 40 days, you have the ability to change the gender. In the first three, three days, a person should daven 
that the semen should not rot, because the Gemara believes in the first 72 hours, there's a possibility of conception. After 72 hours, there is no possibility of conception. So in the first three days after Biyah, person should daven for conception. Then, from three until 40 days, then he can daven that it is a male child, meaning that he has impact on gender during that period of time, from three days until 40 days. From 40 days until three months, should daven that it should not be a flattened fetus, because, as Rashi says here, it's very interesting, Rashi says this, he says it in Gemara Nida as well, his wife should not become impregnated again. After she's already pregnant, she will not become impregnated again. And the second child will flatten the first child. So, that's what Rashi says here. You can see there's a Gilion Ashas, Rabbi Kiva Ege over there. Rabbi Kiva Ege points you to the Tosvot and Nida, because the Tosvot and Nida argues on Rashi and says you can't. Benotam believed you cannot get pregnant. Once you're pregnant, you cannot conceive again. So therefore he has to explain all these Gemaras about Sandal differently. But Rashi here is Lashitato, which was that once you had conceived, you still conceive again. And that possibility could flatten out the first blood. From the first, in the first three months, you should do that. From three months until six months, that it shouldn't be a miscarriage. From the three to six months, that the baby or the fetus should survive. From the six months until the nine months, which is the period that the baby will leave the womb, in that period of time, you should daven that it should be a successful birth. And the way it says, Does tefillah really work? Again, a member from the Gemara Nida, saw it a number of times in the Gemara Nida, that if the man seeds first, give birth to a female, Isha, if the woman seeds first, then you let it zakhar. Shneamar. Isha kite azria, v'yoda zakhar. If the woman seeds first, then v'yoda zakhar. Then she gives birth to a zakhar. Gemara answers, v'achamay askinen, konshi izriu, shneem bevat achat. Happen simultaneously. And amping simultaneously, what's interesting here is, we would have assumed that it's a safek. We're uncertain as to what the gender is. It could be either or. What the Gemara says is that the gender is undetermined in that case. And for the first 40 days, you could daven for the gender, which is very interesting, because the conception happens. If one of them was mazrat tchila, then we know what the gender is. If they are mazria together, then the gender is held in abeyance for 40 days, and you can daven for whatever the gender will be. It's unknown. I would have assumed it was just, it, it's there, but we just don't know. There's uncertainty about what it should be, but that's not like the Gemara. The Gemara sees it as, that uncertainty means that, that it doesn't happen, and that the Determination of gender happens later because of that. Right? First thing is that the person who was coming home and he sees something, some sort of natural disaster, some sort of terrible event in the city, he cannot daven that it should not be his house or his household because that's a tefillah chav. It's an event that's already taken place and you can't daven for something that's in the past. All that's left to do is determine what happened. You can't change what the facts on the ground already. He heard some sort of scream in the city, some commotion in the city. I'm certain that it's not in my household. The Pazuk says about him, He will not fear any bad news. His heart is straight and narrow. He trusts in Hashem. Whenever you are Doresh Dishkra, you can darshan it both ways, from beginning to end, or end to beginning, you can darshan it. From the beginning to end, you can meet Midrash. You will not fear bad news. What's the reason you won't fear bad news? Because of the nature of the individual. This is a person who trusts in Hashem, therefore he doesn't fear bad news. You can learn it the other way, which is, a person who trusts in Hashem won't fear bad news. So when there is bad news, he won't fear that it has to do with him. And that's what we saw with Hillel as a king. That when even though there was bad news, there was Tzvachaba here, nevertheless, he wasn't afraid of it because he was Batuach Hashem. He was a person that trusted in Hashem and he was certain that it didn't happen in his household. So this student that was falling behind Rabbi Yosho in the prime marketplace of Tzion, he saw that the student was fearful. You're a sinner. As the Pasuk says, 
So that's a pasuk from Yeshayahu Lamed Gemo. Over there it's talking about Latid Davo. Latid Davo, people, those that are righteous will stand up and come forward. And those that are sinners will be fearful. Pachadu bitzion chataim means those that, are, those that are sinners will be fearful. So he's attributing the fear that this student has to sin. Similarly, the student responds, Vaktiv, doesn't the Pazuk say in Mishlei, Ashrei Adam Tamid, that that is a good midah, that's a good attribute to be fearful. A person should be fearful because that type of fear causes a person to act or to take extra precaution. So why not? That's not in general. That's talking about with regards to divrei Torah. As Rashi says, Shema Tishtakachmen, who is fearful that he'll forget his Torah. So that drives him to do more chazara, drives him to study more. In that area we say fear is good. But fear in general, to walk around in a fearful state, that is not a good place to be. Yehuda Barnatan Abishokiel Ba'azel Batrei Rav Homnuna. He is following after Rav Homnuna. Etnach, he sighed. This person is going to bring Yisurim, affliction, bad things upon himself. So I feared a fear, and it came upon me. And that which I was afraid of, Yavoli, ended up happening to me. Yehov says his greatest fears came to fruition. So that's the idea is if you fear things, then they actually happen. You can basically engender the things that you fear or you're worried about from happening. You bring it on yourself. That the Gemara speaks about with regards to mazalot. The Gemara speaks about that in two places, about the idea that simana miltihi, simanim actually have impact, and that's why we do it on Rosh Hashanah, because simanim have impact. The Gemara there describes two simanim. One siman is a test for whether your journey will be successful. Another test for whether a business venture will be successful. In both cases, the Gemara gives the protocol for doing this, and then says better not to do it. Better not to do it because maybe you'll get a negative response, and then his mazal will be affected. The Gemara is saying is that it'll become self-fulfilling. Even though, either maybe you did it wrong, or even though the response was negative, you could have still overcome that. But when you get the negative response, you are yourself are going to become either despondent, you are going to act in a manner that reflects the response. And in doing that, you're going to cause a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mariah says you should avoid that. And this is a similar idea here. That which you fear, that's what you're worried from, you're going to cause to happen to yourself. By worrying and by fearing, you're actually going to engender the fulfillment of those fears. Vaktiv, and again, the same pasuk for Mishlei. Isn't it good to be fearful? And how would we interactive? That is, in areas of holy aspirations. I would say that, I don't know if it's limited to Divrei Torah, I just think it has to do with spiritual areas. In the area of sp- spirituality, things to be fearful, where it drives a person to do more, then okay, that's okay. But to generally be fearful and walk around in fear, or worried, that is not a good midah. That the Mishnah says that when you go into a city, you daven once on the en- entering the city, once when you leave the city. Ben Azai says that you do twice on the way in, twice on the way out, and the Quran says, what are those tefillot? Turn around on. And his pan is entering the city, what does he say? The pan entering the city says, let me enter peacefully. Once he's already successfully entered the city, Thank you for allowing me to enter successfully, peacefully into the city. Bikesh Latsait Omer, he's exiting the city, he says, Yiratsom of Nechashem, Elokai, Velokai Abutai, Shitotzi Enemy Krachzeh, Lishalom, that you should allow me to exit the city in a peaceful manner. Yatsah Omer, once he's exited the city, he says, Modea, Nilaf Nechashem, Elokai, Shitotzi Enemy Krachzeh, Lishalom. He gives Toda for that, Ooh, Keshem, Shitotzi Enemy Lishalom, and just like he allowed me to exit peacefully, Kach, basically now he says, Tfilat the Derf. That is an excerpt from Tefillah Tadarech. I don't know if the Gemara is giving an exact statement of what he should say, or just saying, etc. I mean, that he should say Tefillah Tadarech, which we know earlier in the Masechta that the Gemara laid out what the nature of the Tefillah Tadarech is. He should allow me to travel, go my way peacefully. He should support me. Where I walk should be fine. And you should save me from any enemy and ambushes. So Amarav Matna, this is an interesting qualification of all of this. And this whole protocol is only for a city 
where they do not have the rule of law. But, in a city where there is the rule of law, then we don't worry about it. We assume you can drive through the city without any problems. You drive through the city. If you're driving through civilized areas that have a rule of law, then we don't assume that there's going to be danger upon entering the city, danger upon exiting the city. The danger comes in a lawless or a corrupt city where you could be grabbed for anything or they could frame you. So in those situations, then you have to daven. But if you're entering places that are running under the normal rule of law, there, there's no reason to daven because there's no expectation of danger in that situation. Even a city that has the rule of law, because sometimes he won't have witnesses to come to his defense. Meaning that there's sometimes when an event happens and they blame you. And then if you have a defense, if you have witnesses that come forward, then you're going to be freed. But if there was nobody witnessed the event, nobody saw it, then you have a problem. Like sometimes when it's your word against their word, or your word against the police, there's no witnesses, then you're stuck. So he says the tefillah might be applicable even in that case, because you may not always have the ability to defend yourself, even within the context of the rule of law. So even in that situation, you should still daven. It's very interesting. Someone enters into a balthas, says... So anybody who's traveling to Cholomoid, when you go to these different archaeological sites, you will see this, and then you can explain it to anybody that you see there. You say the B'tfilah of, Say me from this, and anything like it. Nothing negative, sinful should happen. If something dangerous and horrible happens to me, my death, to all my sins. You ever wonder why it's so dangerous to go into a bathhouse? So, Amr Abaya, Lolema Inishochi. Abaya is an interesting session, don't say this. Why? It's the same thing that we talked about fear before. You're opening up Pandora's box. If you're already mentioning that you might die going into the bathhouse, you almost have to make a suggestive behavior that something bad could happen in the bathhouse. So don't. You dive in, you can dive in in general, but to dive in about this type of dangerous, horrible event, why would you do that? It's Putech Pay the Satan. Christian should not open up his mouth to the Satan. The Gemara in Tanit talks about uh, situations with Shmuel and others where the Gemara uses the term, it's It's like a command that's put out of the commander that when you say something, sometimes you don't mean it. You just say, oh, if it happened to you, and then it happens. So that idea of not being potech per the Satan. What's the positive? In the beginning of Yeshayahu, it says, Kimat kisdoma yinu la'amora damino. We're almost like, Kisdom va'amora. May ha'adolo, may ha'adolo nabi. What's the next response? Shimu devar Hashem, Kitzinei sadom. Listen to me, you officers of stone. When he says their behavior was almost like that, Kisdom va'amora, the next thing we have is that they're called Kitzinei sadom. They're called the officers of stone. Kinafeg ma'yomer, when he exits the Be'adaz, what does he say? Am Rabacha modea ni lefenech Hashem elokai, shi'itziltani mina or. You saved me from the fire. So here's the answer to the question, why? Rabbi Abo al-Bebani. He went into the bathhouse. Afchit bebani mitutei. The entire bathhouse collapsed under him. Idrachich le nisa. He had a miracle happen. Kama alamuda. He was on top of a pillar. Shaziv mea v'chad gavre v'chad avre. And with one of his arms, he held up 101 people. I says, ah, it was, you know, he held on to two people. And each one, they held on to the next one. Kept up 101. He's not a young man here, Rabbi Bo. I, Amar, Hainu Dravacha. That's why Ravacha said to Davin before you go into the bathhouse. Because of this, this type of event. If you go up to the archaeological sites, you can see this. The way the bathhouses were built was that there was a floor that was built on top of small pillars, very small pillars. And the floor sat on top. The hot water ran under the floor. Heat rooms and warm rooms that were there. So right, they have one up on Masada. They have them in a number of places. You can see these. A series of long, low pillars that has a floor, usually a mosaic type of floor, and the hot water ran underneath it. If the floor collapsed, you would be basically dropped into the hot water, boiling hot water. That was the danger was, and that's what happened here. But what was he lucky? He was lucky he was standing over a location on the floor where there was a column, right? One of the pillars was standing, and therefore he was saved because he was on that area. And that's why they daven. Obviously, this was not an uncommon occurrence if he's already diving from it. It didn't happen once in a lifetime. But obviously, this type of construction had had some risk to it, and therefore there was risk when you went into a bathhouse. All right, now the Dhamma Rabacha doesn't make so much sense here. So the Gura actually takes it out of the Girsa because the next statement is not Dhamma Rabacha because Rabacha said it doesn't have anything. The Rabacha that he was referencing was the previous Rabacha. 
Rav Achu said you dive before you go into the bathhouse, not this subsequent statement. So therefore he says, Anichnas lakiz dam omer, a person who goes in to let blood says, Here it's on Hashem alukai, she esek zed l'refuah v'tir pe'eni. Ki kel rofe ne'eman ata v'ruvatcha emet. That this procedure, this procedure should be l'refuah, should be for my health, meaning that it should make me healthy, and it should grant me health. Ki kel rofe ne'eman ata, you are a reliable rofe, meaning attributing it to Hashem. And when you decide that someone should be healthy and you cure them, then everything is good. The truth is that people don't get healthy through these things, but that's what they do anyway. Get to this in one second. The gra eliminates a large section of the brach here in the middle. You can see that in the old bet from the word tirpeini. Emet, Lufi, he doesn't enter in as part of the bracha. That's why he says, You ask Hashem to help you out, and then, The reason that you daven is because refuah doesn't work. They just do that to make them feel better. The, the truth is you need to daven. And that's what the, the way the Groh lays out the, the basic structure of the tefillah is that the whole purpose of the tefillah is because nothing else makes sense. People do medical procedures, but the medical procedures have no impact. The only way to go is the daven. And that's a, that's a nice minog. I know my wife does this, which is that whenever you take medicine, she'eli yezigzeh l'rufuah, that take the medicine down to Hashem, that Hashem should make this be a rufuah. Now that's one opinion. Now Rabbi, lo le'me'i People should not say that. The Tani Bey Rabbi Shmal. We have the Tani Bey Shmal from the Potsuk in Pashat Mishpatim. Ve'rapo yirapeh. So over there it's talking about damage that one does to another individual. They're the chamishat varim that a person has to pay. In order to take of another person, Nezek, Tsar, Ripui, Ashevet, Boshet, in that group is Ripui, medical bills. Why are you paying medical bills if medicine has no bearing? So Rapo Yurape is an indication that there is benefit. So Mikan Shnita Rushut Lurofe the Rapot. From here, the doctor is given granted permission to take procedures to practice the medicine. Kikai Mayomer, once he survives, he gets healthy, what does he say? Blessed be the one who grants without any return, without compensation, right, without charging, without compensation that he, he cures you. Obviously referring to Hashem. The Rambam changes the gears, and that's the gears that we have, which is the statement that you see when you see someone after they've recovered from a sickness, is Baruch Rufei Cholim. And that's the Gura brings us the gears of the Rambam. So just to know, this idea of Rapo Yurape is taken differently by the Rishonim. When Gemara says here, what does that mean? You have the previous statement which says that Rufuah is meaningless. People do it because it makes them feel better. But the truth is, it's all up to Hashem. Then you have a second statement which is, the doctor has permission to practice because it says, what does that mean that the doctor is granted permission to practice medicine? So if you look at the Rambam and others like that, Granted permission means that it's an obligation on the doctor to practice medicine. That the Torah makes a demand on us to make Ishtadlut and to do what we can to, at least through human efforts, do something that will be medically help out. Right here, the Rambam sees it in that light, which is that the Torah is really obligating us to do as much as we can to practice medicine because you have permission and are obligated to do it. And go to a doctor, right? Right. <laughs> Only later in life. He was not a, he was not a doctor early on in life. He had some, a terrible tragedy in his family. His brother passed away, and that's why he became a doctor. Until then, he was not a, a doctor. He had been a late bloomer in terms of becoming a doctor. Ramban al-Torah has a different view of this. is basically permission for those that can't really work on the right level. is only because these, you aren't a true mamin. You aren't a person who really lives with Hashem. If you really lived with Hashem, medicine and doctors would be meaningless. Their event's consistent. In a number of places it says something like this. He says the idea that natural events, or that which happens in the real world, is all connected to your Avodat Hashem. There's a clear or direct correlation between them and you're talking by Hashem. And therefore he sees the Mikani Narishud Rapot is not an obligation, but for those that just can't handle the regular way. Those that can't handle working with Hashem, so they go, they can go to the doctor. And the Narishudu Rapot is a permission to the doctor to practice medicine, even though that's a lack of bitachon on the part of the one who's coming to him. The patient that's coming is now coming, and he's displaying a lack of bitachon by coming to the doctor. So permission is granted to the doctor to treat this individual, even though they're acting with a lack of bitachon. 
So Ramban sees it all as a much more of a bidyevet situation. Theologically and uh, philosophically, so the Ramban is a very, very difficult position. One has to really work on this. Understand that whenever something bad happens, how do you present, you know, you go to a person, they say something bad happens to them, you say, you know, do tshuva. It's obviously because of your masim ra'im that this happened. And that's a very delicate situation. That's, you have to be very careful about that. In the Ramban suggestion, and to always attribute things that happen, that happen to you as being something because of your actions, right, that's a, first of all, it's a very high level. To always assume that I did something wrong and that's why something bad happened to me. But it also can be psychologically difficult and dangerous. And so the Ramban has to be taken very carefully. If it is, if people follow that way of thought, and I don't recommend, I mean, I don't know if the Ramban would recommend that people, uh, normal people, take that approach. Which is, we don't go to the doctors, I'm not, I'd, be, I'd be talking about sham. And that's really a level that's not necessarily for everyone. And uh, to assume that you're on that level, I'm not sure it's a good choice. But I just wanted you to be aware of the fact that the Rishonim take two very different approaches here to the idea of Mikan Nitna Rishut Terofeler Apot. Top of the next half. And if that's the Beitik Yiseomer, somebody goes into the bathroom and says, Yitkabdu mechubadim kedoshim mishartel yom. Take honor, my honored ones, the holy ones, who service Hashem. Snook vodik elokei Yisrael. Give honor to Hashem. Herfumi many. Release me. Adshekanes v'asiritzoni. To like go in and do what I have to do. Favolechem, and I'll return to you. As Rashi explains, he is speaking to the Malachim that are accompanying him. He says, listen, just stand outside while I take care of my needs, and I'll be back out to take you off uh, once I leave here. He says, that's not a good way to approach it. You're leaving them outside. They may take off while you're inside. So basically, take care, guard me. Tell You put them to work outside. Guard me, help me, support me. Wait for me. I have to do what's natural to humans, and even though you don't have to, right, even though you don't have to, I have to do this. Or, that's what people say. When people say someone on the outside, they don't leave on the outside and say, wait for me. They say, guard me. Make sure nobody comes in while I'm in here. Make sure that nothing happens while I'm in here. So if you treat them in that way, that's better, because then they'll stick around. When he comes out, he says, and this we know, this bracha, which the Ramah rejects. The Ramah rejects that Lashon. We'll discuss that in one second. How does he end the bracha? That's the end of the bracha. Rav made a whole world into Cholim. Because you go to the bathroom, now you're going to be a Chole. Rofei Kol Basar. Shmuel says that Rofei Kol Basar, he is the doctor of all flesh, meaning that he cures all needs. Rav Sheshamar, Mafli Lasot. What Hashem does is wondrous. Amra Papa, we've discussed this many times. Rav Papa is the ultimate reconciler. Always tries to settle between the different opinions. Hilkach. Name Rodit we'll say both of them, which is Rufay Kobasar, Um Afli Lasot, which is the way that we end the Bracha. Now, the, the Bracha works like this, is a Shir Zad Adam Bechokhma, Hashem made man Bechokhma. Tosafot says here, what does that mean that he made him Bechokhma? That in Chumaseshit, Kin Mizonotav, Achakar Bachobaro. The first Hashem created all his needs, so that which he needed would be taken care of, and then only then did he create man. So Bechokhma is not about the actual creation of man. But the order in which man is created, he's created after all that his needs is taken care of. are These are all orifices, small orifices, large orifices. You know Hashem through your, before your holy throne. Certain orifices that are supposed to be sealed or closed, if you open them up, then it would be problematic. And those that are supposed to be open, if you close them, then that would also be problematic. One would not be able to stand before you if any of those items happened. Right? We do have that case by Avimelech and Abraham, that when they were so tame that nobody could get up before Abraham, that the whole household falls to the mitah, they're all sick because of this problem that Abraham needs to daven to rectify. Now the girsa of Afilu Shachat, the Ramah rejects that girsa because it's not, he says it's not true. says certain orifices, if they were closed for short periods of time, then you could live. That's not true. If you couldn't uh, relieve yourself for a period of an hour, that's not true that you would die. It's over a longer duration that it's problematic. 
And so therefore he says that the statement of a filu sha'achat is problematic and one should not enter. Do you see the grass says here, the Shulchan Aruch also says it. That is, Minogas Faradim, there is to say a filu sha'achat. Tashkenazim, because of the Pesach of the Ramah, do not say a filu sha'achat. And then the bracha concludes, as we said before, Rufei kol basar, umafli la'asot. Hanechnas nishon al mitato. Someone goes to sleep, Omer. Mishma Yisrael ad v'ayayim shamoa. You say from Shema Yisrael until Hayayim Shemoa, which right, it depends. If you say Ad V'ad Bichlal, it means that you say Shema and Vayayim Shemoa. If you say Ad V'lo Ad Bichlal, means you say Shema and not Vayayim Shemoa. That might relate to the first daf in the Masechta as to what is considered to be the Din Doraita and what, how does Kriyat Shema Lamita play into that factor in terms of repeating Kriyat Shema later if you dive in early. Rashi mentioned on the first daf about the fact that the reason that you don't have to repeat Kriyat Shema when you dive in early is because you say it alamita. A question of how much you need to say in order to deal with that. Right? Vomer. And then he says, Baruch HaMapil Chavlei Sheina Aleinai Pas B'Hashem Hu Bring sleep to my eyes and slumber on my eyelids. Meir Lishon Bat Ayin And he brings light to the Ishon Bat Ayin is the pupil. Here at Somo Fanecha Hashem Elokai Shetashkiveni Lishalom I should go to sleep in peace. Betein Chalki B'Torah Techa Which obviously we do not have in our Girsa. And Vertegaleni Lidei Mitzvah And that you should make me do mitzvot. V'altegaleni Lidei Averan I shouldn't do Averot. V'altegaleni Lidei Chet V'lidei Avon V'lidei Nisayon I shouldn't come to sin, iniquity, and tests. V'lidei Be'ezeyon And not to shame or embarrassment. Should rule over me. And the Yitzhara should not. And then you should save me from anything bad. Now, the Gra and the over here, that he says that this was all Tosefet, an addition of Avamram Gon. This insertion in the middle is not from the Gemara. It was added in by one of the Geonim, and that is not the proper Nusach. And that's why anybody who says it, Bill knows that we don't have that whole section in the middle, is similar to what we say in the morning by Amavir Shena. And we don't say it at night by a mapil. <clears throat> but then the latter half we do. Should save me from bad incidents, from bad sicknesses. I shouldn't be scared or fearful of bad dreams. And bad thoughts. My bed should be whole before you. As Rashi explains about the That's a tefillah on your offspring. Very night, penny shanamavet. And you should. Let me awaken so that death does not approach me. Baruch Atah Hashem, and me early olam kolo b'chvodo. Hashem who enlightens the world with his honor. Kimat er ma'omer, when he wakes up, what do you say? Elukai, kama. Neshama shenatatabi, this soul that you gave to me, Torah. We have a slightly different girsa. Atah yitzartabi, you created into me. Atah nafachtabi, you blew it into me. Vayipach v'yapav, nishmat chayim. Vatah mishamrabi kirbi, you're the one who maintains it within me. Vatah atid lidlami meni. In the future, you're going to take it back from me. Ulach zira bi latid davo, and latid davo in tchiat ameitim, you'll return it once again. Kozman shenishama bi kirbi, as long as nishama the souls within me, modani lefnech Hashem alokai velokai abatai. Ribon kolamim, I don't call nishavot. I grant you Hashem baruchat Hashem. I'm akzir nishamot lefkarim meitim, the one who returns the souls to the dead corpses in both senses, both latid davo, but also now. And that's what the Gemara we saw before, that sleep is one sixtieth of death. So the assumption being that the Nishamot go up at night, and when Hashem returns them in the morning, it's a quasi-tchiyat ha-meitim that you have in the morning. That's why, according to some of the, we wash Negevaser in the morning, because it's a return from the death, and the bracha alukai in Nishamot reflects that. We, we noted before, Tosua mentioned this, and the Gura was very makpid on this, that Elkai Nishama is a bracha smucha da kaverta. It has no opening baruch, only a closing baruch, and therefore it has to be juxtaposed or adjacent to the bracha of Asher Yatzar. You make the bracha of Asher Yatzar, and then immediately after you make the bracha of Elkai Nishama. In order that to be a bracha smucha da kaverta, it also makes sense from the fact that one bracha is on the bracha on the goof, and the other bracha is the bracha on the Nishama. And the two together make up the whole individual, as well as the fact that what is the mafleila sot of the body? The Gemara notes in other places that Maflid Asot is that if you had a flask that was supposed to hold items inside of it, any hole in it, you blow it up, it doesn't stay blown up, the water or anything inside of it goes out. And here, Hashem, you created man, that all tons of holes in man, and yet everything stays in, and everything stays together, and then the Shema stays inside, no problem. So again, that continuum from Maflid Asot and Lukai Nishama also makes it appropriate that the two brochot are put together. So now, the Gemara is going to go through what they did in their day. It's not our practice today, but the source for all of these things. Kishama kol tarnagola. If he hears the rooster 
In the morning, Lema Baruch Hashem Natan Sechvivi Na Lamchin Ben Yom Ben Laila. He gives a bracha to Hashem who gave the Sechvi, the rooster, the ability to discern between day and night. As Tosfot points out over here, Vua Din Efilu Yilo Shama. You don't actually have to hear it to make this bracha. Even if you don't hear it, you can make the bracha because the etzema davar that the rooster knows how to discern between day and night. That's enough of a reason to make the bracha. Kipatach Ene. When he opens up his eyes, Lema Baruch Pokeach Ibrim. So if, I, if talking about here, you're talking about a person who's literally waking up on their bed. They're getting up on their bed, and now they open their eyes. They say, Pokeach Ibrim. Kitaretz v'yotif, when he uprights himself and sits up, Lema Baruch Matir Asurim. You stretch. You know, when you do that in the morning, you stretch and you extend your arms. Matir Asurim, the one who is freed from incarceration, but here meaning that the body now is free to move around. Kilavish, you get dressed. In their day, you got dressed on your bed. Many of the people slept without clothing on just under the covers. Or they wore their night tunic, they had to switch it around. Whatever it is that they need to do, they got dressed in their bed. Lema baruch mabish arumim, the one who dresses those that are naked. Kizakif, now when he stands up, this is after he exits the bed, zokef kifufim, the one who uprights those that are bent over. Kinachid aro, once he reaches the ground, lema baruch rokaaretz al hamayim. That's why that bracha is found in the series of brachot, the birkat shachar, it seems like out of place. It's because of exactly this. When he uprights himself and then he... He descends from the bed onto the floor. When he touches the floor, the ground, he says, Hashem who floats the earth on top of the water. Then, then once he starts to walk, Hashem who prepares the steps of man. Then, when he ties his shoes, he says, that he have done taking care of all my needs. Again, in that day, shoes were the ultimate definer between people who had and who didn't have. Shoes were that... That, that key point, people who were poor and poverty and had nothing walked around shoeless. They walked around barefoot. And people who had put on shoes. Shoseli Kotsarki is a very fundamental idea that Hashem provides for me. There's everything I need is to put on shoes. That is the minute according to some, like on Tishabav, to skip this bracha in the morning. And Birkat HaShachar, all day actually, because Shoseli Kotsarki, because we do not wear shoes on Tishabav, and therefore this bracha directly relates to shoes. Kiyasar Hamyane. When he belts himself, he puts on his gartel, or puts on his belt, Lema Baruch Uzer Yisrael Bigvura, the one who girds Yisrael Bigvura with strength. Kiparis Sudra Reshe, when he puts on his head covering on his head, Lema Baruch Oter Yisrael Betifara, the Shem who crowns Yisrael with glory. Tosafot again points out, first of all, who had in the whole koba, the whole kisue, it doesn't have to be a sudra, like a scarf type of covering, it can be any head covering, period, that's number one, Vadafkik Shenenet, that you enjoy it, that it's something that's beneficial. Now you just stick a covering on it and say, Oteri Selbatifara, it's something that is beneficial to you. Now, there are many interpretations of this bracha of Oteri Selbatifara. Some say it refers to tefillin. And therefore, again, on Tisha B'Av, they don't say it in the morning. They only wait when they put tefillin on at Mincha time. They say the bracha of Oteri Selbatifara because they say it refers to tefillin. There are others, like the Taz, who says that it belongs, it, it's a din in yamaka, din in wearing a head covering at all times. Taz is an unusual shita over there that says that wearing a head covering is the oraita, is mina Torah. It's a very unusual shita. Most people believe that it was a rabbinic institution. Later on, it's mentioned in the Gemara Kedushin, also at the end of the Gemara in Shabbat, this idea of covering one's head. But not that it was a Torah institution, or it's a demand mina Torah. The Taz connects it to this bracha, Boteri Zeobotifara, demand for wearing something on one's head. It's an unusual shita. Gives more tokif to the minog of wearing a yarmulke. The first tshuva in Egret Moshe deals exactly that. A person has to go to work and can't wear a yarmulke. What should they do in that situation because of this tas, because of this issue? Himati pitzitzit. Once he puts on a talis, lema baruch hashem kichanim mitzvah v'tzivanu l'tateifpa tzitzit. Makes the bracha putting on tzitzit. The idea being that in their day, we're not talking about talit katan, talit gadol. They only had talit gadol was the only way that they went. It was a part of their normal clothing. They didn't wear tzitzit, put tzitzit on. They wore begadim. They were chayav in tzitzit. Kimanach tefillin adarei. He puts tefillin on his arm. Leima. He says, Baruch Hashem Kedishanu Mitzvah Vitzivanu Lehaniach Tefillin. Ereshe. When he puts tefillin on his head. Leima. Baruch Hashem Kedishanu Mitzvah Vitzivanu Mitzvat Tefillin. And he says the bracha Mitzvat Tefillin. This supports the position of the Rebbeinu Tam. The Gemara in Menachot says this. He says, Lo sach. He didn't speak. Mevarechachat. You make one bracha. Sach. If you spoke. Mevarech Shtayim, you have to then make two brachot. So Rashi on the spot, and same as the Rambam, and all the Sephardi Poskim, Paskin, exactly that. If you don't speak, you only need one bracha, Laniach Tefillin, 
covers shell yad, covers shell rosh. No other bracha is made, because that's what the Gemara says in Menachot. This Gemara seems to support the position of Rebbeinu Tam. No, that can't be. That what, only it's an Aveira, he makes the second bracha, now mitzvah tefillin. If that was the case, just make the same bracha again. It's laniach tefillin, you just make laniach tefillin on the second time you put it on. Why are you making a different bracha? So Rabbana, the Rebbeinu Tam says, if you don't talk, you make one bracha al shel rosh, al mitzvah tefillin. You speak, now you've got to make two brachot al the shel rosh. You have to make laniach in al mitzvah tefillin. The bracha from the shel yad doesn't carry over to the shel rosh now. And now you have to make two brachot on the shel rosh, which is the minag ashkenaz. Minag ashkenaz is to say laniach tefillin on the shel yad, al mitzvah tefillin on the shel rosh. And then if you spoke in between, or someone, you know, something wrong with their arm, or broke their arm, something wrong, they're not going to put on tefillin shayad. And they're only going to put on tefillin shayad, they make a bracha, and the yach tefillin, and al mitzvah you make both brachot on the shayad. And the Tosafot here explains why. He says, the yach tefillin is because the tefillin shayad are put on first, they're tied on, so that's the yach tefillin. Al mitzvah tefillin is on the shayad, because they're the ikar tefillin. And the Ikar Tefillin requires a bracha of al mitzvah Tefillin, and that's why you make it al shel rosh. Again, in our Gemara here, it sounds like the two are laid out without any conditions, and that sounds more like the position of the Rabbeinu Tam. Then afterwards, Kimashi Adei Lema. Then afterwards, he washes his hands, and he says, And my son asked me yesterday, what's going on here? Why is he washing his hands afterwards? I shouldn't have washed his hands earlier. The answer is probably yes, but this is a different. This is an Atila Tedayim for Tefillah. This is part of the Rambam Shita that one of the obligations in terms of davening, it's one of the things that's makir tefillah is netilat yadayim here. Here it seems to be that netilat yadayim, and like other Rishonim, we believe netilat yadayim is not like we think for Negevaser in the morning to get rid of the Ruach Ra, but rather to prepare oneself for davening. It's a netilah to be able to present oneself before Hashem. When he washes his face, what does he say? Baruch amavir so this is the opposite of the bracha of Hamapil. By Hamapil, we want the slumber and the sleep to come on your eyes, your eyelids. Over here, you want to remove the chevlei sheina, right? The feelings of sleep from my eyes, which normally I have to find the slumber from my eyelids. And you should make me customs and regular in your Torah. Should bring me to sin and equity. Not to any shame or embarrassment. And you should bring my Yitzhar into control so that I can rule over it and I can subjugate it. You should distance me from a bad individual, a bad friend. I should stick to the Yitzhar Tov and good friends. And you should make me this today and every day. For find favor and uh, chesed and rachamim in your eyes. Ubenei kolro ai, everybody who sees me, digmeleni chasadim tovim, and should grant me your generosity. Baruch atashem, gomel chasadim tovim, vamo Yisrael, which is the bracha we know. Again, Tosafot pointed out that this is a single bracha. That Bavir Shinam Einai and Gomel Chazim Tovim are the beginning and the end of a bracha. They're not two separate brachot, and therefore you don't answer Amen after Amavir Shina. You only answer Amen after Gomel Chazim Tovim because they are a single bracha. And you can see where Rav Amram Goen got the lashon that he moved over into the bracha of Shina at night. He basically clipped the middle out of the bracha here, Mavir Shena, and put it into the Mapil. Because he says, look, Mapil is just the opposite of a Mavir. So he filled in the rest and added that in. Chayev Adam Levreich. Person has to make a bracha on the Ra'ah, Kishem Shem Levreich Tovah. Person has to make a bracha on the bad, just like he makes on the good. My Chayev Levreich Alatovah, Kishem Levreich Alatovah. What does it mean he's obligated to make a bracha? Ilei Me Kishem Levreich Alatovah, Atovah Meitiv. Just like when on the good he makes a bracha of Tovah Meitiv, Kam Levreich Alatovah, Atovah Meitiv. You can make the same bracha. Vatanan, our Mishnah says, Absorot to vote Omerotov Metiv, Absorot, Omer Baruch Tainamet. It's a different formulation of the bracha when you get bad news, when you get good news. Good news is a Tov Metiv, bad news is, Tainamet. Amarav al Donitzuka, like Bune Bissimcha. So Rashi says, the Vareich al Midata Pronot, Velevav Shalain. When you make the bracha Tainamet, it should be with the same heartfelt feelings that when you make Tov Metiv. When there's good news and you make a bracha, you have to make that, with that same feeling, you have to make the bracha of Dayana Amet. Amravacha, Mishum Revlevi, Maikra. Where do we know this from the Pasuk that you have to give bracha with the bracha just like the Tovah? Says, the Pasuk says in Tilim, Chesed umishpat ashira. The Chashem azameira. So there's Chesed, kindness, mishpat, justice, sing. The Chashem azameira, I sing to you, sing your praises Hashem. Im Chesed ashira, im mishpat ashira. Says, if it's Chesed, if it's good, then I will sing to you Hashem. Vimishpat Ashira. 
if it's justice, I will also sing to you. Meaning that it's equally, I will sing the praises to Hashem, whether it's Chesed or Mishpat. He says from here, the here quotes the passage backwards. It's Be'elukim Alel Davar, Be'ashem Alel Davar. So they, the Elukim and Be'ashem got mixed up here. But the idea being, it says Alel Davar. I will raise, I will sing your praises, Hashem. But it uses the two Shem or Hashem. It uses the Shem Hashem of Elukim. Hashem, Hashem, Hashem. Elukim is midat adin, dayan, and that is justice, negative. And Hashem is midat arachamim, in the good. So therefore, in both those cases, as the Gemara says, Vashem alel davar zumida tova, belukim alel davar zumida puranut. So both, in both cases, I still give halel to Hashem. Familiar with the Pasuk, we raise a cup to Hashem, that's something positive. Raising a cup of wine. Now earlier on in the Tehillim it says, I will bump into pain and suffering. And then the next puzzle begins, And I'll call out to Hashem. So Shem Hashem is modifying both as well as In both those situations I still give Hashem Hashem I call out to Hashem. It's Rabbanan Amrei Rabbanan say from this pasuk in Yov, Hashem Natan, Hashem Lakach, Hashem gives, Hashem takes, Yishem Hashem Mevurach. And there's actually a pasuk that's quoted in people who've attended a funeral that they use this pasuk, which is Hashem Natan, Hashem Lakach, Yishem Hashem Mevurach, which is exactly that, giving bracha even al ha-ra'a. Hashem took something away, I still give bracha to Hashem, that he's Dayan Ha'emet. I'm Ravun Amrav, Mishum Rabbi Meir, V'chintan Mishum Rabbi Akiva. Lo'olam ye adam ragil omar kol da'ovid rachmano letov ovid. Rav, in the name of Rabbi Meir, and then V'chintan Mishum Rabbi Akiva. We also have this memra from Rabbi Akiva, which is important. Person always should say, whatever Shem does, the Tavav, he always does the good, for the good. Now Rabbi Kiva's Rebbe was Nachum Ish Gamzu. Nachum Ish Gamzu, which will bump into the Gemara Tanit, who always said Gamzu the Tova. That is Rabbi Kiva's Rebbe. So Rabbi Akiva gets it from his Rebbe, Nachum Ish Gamzu, and Rabbi Kiva, well, we have the Messiah from Rabbi Kiva himself. Now here's a story. Kiyad Rabbi Kiva, because of Burcha, he was traveling, Matulahi Mato, he got to the city. Bayush Pisa, he needed a lodging. They didn't allow him to sleep. There was nothing. Nothing available. No rooms available. Nobody's willing to put him up for the night. So Omar called David Rahman al of it. Whatever he does, that's it. I gotta say it. Take it. Azal Bat Bidabra. He went and slept out in the fields. To have a bad day. Along with him he had Tarnagola, he had a chicken, the chamra and a donkey, Visharga, and a light, a candle. A torched candle. Atazika, wind comes, Kabul Sharga. That was the end of the candle or the fire that he had, gone. At the Shunra, some sort of feline came along, Akhle the Tanagola ate the chicken, gone. At the Aryeh, a lion comes, Akhle the Khamran eats the donkey. Amar called David Rahman al Tav. He says, anything Hashem does is for the good. I mean, he lost everything. He's lost everything that he had, and he's sleeping out in a field. Galelia, at the Gaisa, that night, an army, a troop came, and Shavilamata plundered the city and took everybody captive. Amalud, he says to them, Lava Amrilahu, Komasha Sokojbuchu, Akola Tova. Isn't what everything God does for the good? And as Rashi explains here, you can see the top Rashi there. If the fire was still lit, they would have seen me in the field and they would have come and guided me. If the chamor was there, it would have been brained and they would have known me. The chicken was there, it would have been calling out and they would have known that it was there. So all these things happened to protect me from not being taken captive like what happened to the city that was plundered. Okay, we'll stop here.